Something that is very difficult for me is the concept that you have to make money to spend money. There is this notion that in America, to be able to build a big business, you have already have had to start a big business or a small business. There's also this notion that in America, that everyone can achieve whatever they put their mind to. For most people, this isn't the case. There is the story that Trump's father gave him a million dollars as a small loan, which in the scheme of things, it is a pretty small loan. Then there's Jeff Bezos. He's worth $110 billion or somewhere around there. And yes, that's with a B. He had an adopted father who worked as an engineer for Exxon. It is reported that his parents gave him $300,000 to start Amazon. That's worth about a half a million in today's money. Can your parents give you $300,000 to start a business? However, this is not always the case. John Paul from uh, Paul Mitchell, he lived in his car while selling shampoo door to door. Du Wan Chang worked three jobs saving up to start his first store, which later went on to become Forever 21. Ursula Burns grew up in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and now she runs Xerox. These are real people that worked their asses off, and that's great. But do their companies help people like them to make it easier to start a business? I don't have anything against these individuals. We do live in a capitalist society. But big businesses don't usually help small businesses the way that they should, and they don't help the communities that they serve, at least not in the way that I think that they should. I think this is really built into our nature, or at least into the society that we've created. It comes from this notion that people have about their children. I think a lot of people want their children and other people that they know that are doing the same things as them to experience the same things that they've experienced. For example, when my daughter turned 16, I don't currently have a daughter, but let's say I did. I want her to have a nice car so she can get to school. People sometimes tell me, well, I didn't have a car when I was 16 and you didn't have a car when you were 16. Your family couldn't afford it. Why would you do that for your daughter? Well, first of all, it was fucking terrible not having a car at 16. So much time was wasted on waiting on buses or walking home. Another one I hear is that your children should pay for their college. So it teaches them a lesson about working hard for their education or that parents should be focusing on going into retirement, depending on how well off they are. This is also a stupid fucking lesson. Their focus is when their children should be on their studies. They shouldn't be worrying about paying back their debt. And trust me, I have a shitload of debt. So if there is someone that knows about debt, it's me. The one that also knows me. The one that also annoys me is that most people make their kids clean their dishes, even though they have a fucking dishwasher. Well, it teaches them what it was like when they were growing up. That's also fucking dumb. By that logic, you should be washing your clothes by hand. Technology is created to create more time. To make things better, we shouldn't want people to have to struggle the same way as other people had to. This is the reason I started Age of Radio. So creators and brands can work together to build audiences and work together to make money. Together, we provide more value.
This episode of Age of Jeremy is brought to you by Mutant League Records. Established in 2012, Mutant League Records has released albums for seminal pop-punk groups such as The Movie Life, Seaway, and Alistair. Head on over to MutantLeagueRecords.com and check out all of their amazing artists. This episode of Age of Jeremy is brought to you by the Age of Radio Podcast Awards. For May, we bring you Atlanta Monster, Planet Money, Sandra, and Habitat. Head on over to ageofradio.org where we have links to hear all of these non-Age of Radio shows, but they're amazing. Then make sure to choose your favorite. There's a little voting button. You'll see it. To stay updated with everything Age of Radio, make sure to follow us on Facebook and always add to your favorites, ageofradio.org. Before we get into building your business plan, I want to let everyone know that we are currently working to diversify our revenue. We have started an affiliate partnership with Microsoft. We use all kinds of Microsoft products, and we will be using their Dynamics 365 software to integrate email marketing into our marketing strategy. We'll also be using Azure for some of our development as we progress Age of Radio. Now, going forward, we will eventually have Adobe discounts for people, and we also have a Musicians Friend partnership that we're working on um, through their affiliate program. But we will be slowly integrating everything into the website, so stay tuned for that. And of course, I'll mention it more on Age of Jeremy. Age of Radio over the next 20 years will grow to be one of the most well-known brands in audio, sound, and providing tools and resources for people to share their stories within podcasting or any other medium. We hope that you will build a strong relationship with our brand and continue to purchase from us into the future. And that's the reason why we started the affiliate program, to provide resources to you based off of the products that we currently use to build our business. All good business plans have at least the following sections. Now, I did mention this last episode. Those sections are your mission statement, an executive summary, an overview of the company, an analysis of the industry, an analysis of your customer, an analysis of your competition, a marketing plan, an operations plan, an organizational structure, a financial plan, and then an appendix. This is the charts and stuff. Last time we talked about your mission statement and we talked about an executive summary. Now it's time to give an overview of your company. In this section, you wanna tell what your company is. So what is Age of Radio? Well, Age of Radio is an LLC that is a subsidiary of a corporation called October Revolution Corporation. 90% of Age of Radio is owned by October Revolution Corporation, and the other 10% is owned by an outside investor. You want to go over what your current products are. In our business plan, we cover our shows and our key metrics. So when I made that, we currently had uh, Age of Jeremy, we had JV Impacts, and we had Bones on Sports. If I was to redo this now, we would add learning learning to curse as part of the syndicate, So far, we have had over 30,000 downloads across all of our shows. We average about 110 streams per episode across across all of our shows, and we average around 10,000 downloads a month across all of our shows. When we wrote this, that is where our company was. If I were to update that, again, I would add in where our revenue is at, where our expenses are at, what our production package line is. I would talk a little bit more about the syndicate, and I would also add in the Age of Radio affiliates. Again, the purpose of this part of the business plan is to explain what your your business is by providing an overview. By providing an overview. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about industry analysis and customer analysis. 
This episode of Age of Jeremy is brought to you by Mutant League Records. Go ahead and have a listen. Step Aside by the band Belmont. It's out now. If you like the DIY punk scene, make sure you check out MutantLeagueRecords.com. Make sure you check out the Age of Radio Syndicate show, Learning to Curse. Learning to Curse is a podcast that goes deep and hard on topics such as ghosty ghosts, ubernatural, and the paranormals. If you like jokes and skeptics, talking seriously about weird shit, then Learning to Curse is the podcast for you. Oh, yeah, for you. And you over there. And you. And your mom. I'm not Chuck. I'm not Adam. Join us every Sunday for Learning to Curse with Adam and Chuck. You need to know your business. That means knowing your industry and your customers. Industry analysis can be broken down between market overview and product demographics. Some of the the product demographics may overlap with what you consider your customer demographics, but you should be able to segment it off. The age of radio market is as follows. 40% of the U.S. population has listened to a podcast. 86% listen to all or most of each podcast episode. 42% listen to the entire episode. 3% only the beginning, 11% less than half the show, and 44% most of the episode. Podcast advertising revenue grew at a double-digit rate from 2015 to 2016. So this is at a part of the industry that is kind of going up the wave or in the middle of rising. So it's just at an infancy part. So getting a podcast as part of your your overall business strategy, um, even if your business isn't, in podcasting or creating shows is a great way to add content to your marketing plan. Um, But anyways, that double digit rate um, is in the advertising revenue. And again, that's from 2015 to 2016. For the product demographics, I focused on podcasts, even though we're working on developing audio plugins, microphones, and some specific hardware for resources for creators and brands. But when I made the business plan, because we're really only making the podcast right now, that's really what I focused on. So if we look at some of those podcast demographics, 51% of podcast listening is done at home. 22% listen while they're driving in a vehicle. Podcast listeners subscribe to an average of six shows, unless you're like me, where I subscribe to tons and tons of shows, or from Adam or Chuck from Learning to Curse, they subscribe to a shitload of podcasts, especially Charlie. Um, Podcast listeners listen to an average of five different shows per week, which is very true because I usually listen to a show on my way home from work. Again, I do have a longer commute than most people. My commute's between an hour to an hour and a half. Uh, Podcast listeners... um, I'm sorry, 86% listen to all or most of each episode, like we said before. And podcast listening on a computer went up from 29% to 
Smartphone listening went from 71% to 69% respectively. So smartphone listening went down while computer listening went up. Um, I'm not really sure what caused that. We could probably deep dive into what might have caused that, but not really relevant for right now because you might not be doing a podcast as a business. And the point of this is just to understand what an industry analysis is and why it's important. And then um, 65% of monthly podcast listeners have been listening for less than three years. Comedy is the most popular podcasting genre, followed by education and news, which we don't have any of those as of yet. I guess you can consider learning to curse comedy. Um, It's kind of toilet humor or um, mature humor, I guess. But I guess we're all um, guilty of enjoying that occasionally. So you also need to understand each product that you have and how it plays into your entire market. So this is what's called an industry analysis. Then what you're going to do is you're going to look at what your customers are, and this is called a customer analysis. You want to specify out what those demographics, what the demographics are based on above and how they apply to your specific customers. So for example, our target customer right now, based off of what I know about the people that listen to us on Facebook, um, there's not a lot of analytics to look at for the people that actually subscribe to the podcast. But then what Nielsen has for podcasts as a whole, um, we decided that this is where our focal point is going to be. So 56% of our target customers men, 44% of our target customers women. Household income, um, so that's combined income of the entire household, is over 75000 Most of the people that listen to podcasts and the people that we're targeting have a four-year college degree or are in some way working towards a four-year college degree. They're also very active on social media, such as Snapchat, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, so forth, musical.ly. And they subscribe to streaming services such as Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, and they own a smart speaker such as a Google Home or Amazon Alexa. So if you look at this, this is really... um, uh, everything that would fit me as an individual of me choosing to listen to podcasts. So I would be an ideal candidate for a target customer um, if you were selling a podcast or some type of podcast resource, because I have a four-year college degree. I We make way over $75,000 in the household. We are active on social media. We have Netflix. I have Amazon Alexa. I have tons of Google services. Um, we don't currently use Hulu. We have Amazon. Um, And Amazon Alexa is the smart speaker, Amazon Echo. And I am very brand loyal. And I follow a lot of my brands on social media. Um, The other things that you would want to consider um, that are considered in this presence, um, a lot of these people, they um, are beer households. I don't personally drink beer, but I normally would fall into that. I just don't drink it because of past experiences with alcohol. Um, most of the, the this target demographic are going to have babies in the house. So baby food is prevalent. And then um, they would have more bottled water rather than using the water out of the sink. And essentially, that's kind of to say that they're above this middle average income place. Now, the goal, though, is, is to be a brand. This is a little bit off the topic, but if you're going to be a really good brand, what you want to do is part of your overall business strategy, you start getting money, try to find those people that are right below this target market and lift them up out of that that level. Because if your corporation or your brand looks at that target customer and it says that, okay, there are people that don't have clean water. There are people that don't know anything about streaming services such as Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, and so forth. And if you, sorry, I had a Gary V 
No, not Gary V. I had, maybe it was Gary V. I had something playing on my phone and I kept hearing it in the headphones and it's probably going to pick up more than likely. I can probably get it out through mixing, but it was, was it Gary V? No, it was, um, uh, Seth Godin's uh, new podcast, Akimbo. And so it was listening in the background and I can hear the shotgun mic picking it up. I'm like, what the fuck is that? So maybe I'll, 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 I'll see if I can find the, the sound within the podcast and I'll amplify it so you can hear it. But I was wondering what it was. I thought it was people outside, but then I was like, that's really, really strong for picking that up. I don't know if it's going to pick it up because it's a shotgun mic, but I could hear it in the the headsets. Um, but anyways, so if you're a brand, you would take those those people that are right out of that or in the poverty section, and you would educate them on how to lift them up, how to teach them about streaming services, find solutions for them to get those streaming services, find solutions to how they would use Amazon Alexa, find ways to help them with their education and increase their household income. And if you do this, then they would be more likely to become one of your listeners in this case for the podcast. So that's something to keep in mind that you you want to create your target customer as you find out what that target customer is. And this goes through this concept of customer education, which um, some bands, some bands, some brands master really, really well. And that's a really big part of what I want to do. And, and a lot of the customer education, that customer education plays um, plays a lot more with wealthier clients whether it's in banking or whether it's in, in luxury brands. Um, and that's might be because of the education that goes along with it, that a lot of um, individuals that are in poverty or don't have the four-year college degree or even a high school degree, they don't, they don't educate themselves the, the same way that people that are educated are, and they miss out on a lot of opportunities. Um, and that's unfortunate when co- corporations and brands that have money, they can definitely give back to these types of things and and create better individuals in society. And then in the long run, those people are going to buy from you anyway. So it just boggles my mind how people don't understand this concept. But to get back on to get back on track, when we write ads, so we use a lot of ads through Facebook right now because Facebook is inexpensive. You can you have to spend at least a dollar a day on an ad. Most of our ads are boosts of our episodes. Um, I was getting I was spending a lot of money. JV impacts and uh, JV impacts spends a lot of money on Facebook ads because we need to have that concept of ubiquity. Of, of JV impacts being everywhere, you know? So for instance, his, I think it was his mother-in-law said, if I see one of John's damn videos one more time, I'm going to break my phone. We are everywhere on social media. And that's important because now people resonate with or see this brand all the time and it starts to take on a life of its own. And that's really, really important. But when you're looking at the ads, you want to incorporate tags within the ad of who you're trying to target. And so you would take certain targets from this list of the customers that you put into this customer analysis. And that's how you can target the customers that are more likely going to be interested in your brand. And then as you get more developed at marketing or your business starts to take on and you have more revenue coming in or revenue coming in, um, then what you do is you're able to look at these customers um, that you currently have, ask them questions, get to know them, and then create things better for them. A lot of people that are in, a lot of customers, they have this notion, and this is because of the way that marketers work and the way that salespeople work, is that we don't want to have relationships with, with these brands. 
Now, a lot of people think that millennials move a lot of their work. And so when you're a salesperson, especially if you have a millennial that's a salesperson, they're not going to stay around long enough. It's going to change. That happens in the bank that I work with a lot. A lot of people think that most of our branches are training branches because the people flow through there. Well, no, it's that people don't want to fucking stay working there because they get paid shit. So if they try to try to get job. They try to move where the money is. No one's going to stay in a job forever making $10 an hour, at least not traditionally. Most people are going to want to take on and learn new skills. Most people want to learn more money or earn more money, and they're going to want to move up with their company. So I think that I think the customers have to do a, a good job recognizing that, but brands have to do a better job realizing that we're not, if we build relationships with people, then it makes it easier to sell them things because you're not actually selling them anything. You're understanding what their needs are and you're trying to provide a solution. And when you can provide that solution, they're going to get that solution from you. And it, because the problem is, is that everybody can do it cheaper now. Everybody can do it less expensive. In fact, it's funny because Seth Godin, I think that's how you pronounce his name. The gentleman that does the podcast, Akimbo, he's, he um, has been an entrepreneur. He has a fantastic blog. He's very good with society and culture, which is one of the reasons why I like listening to him because I grew up in a non-culture environment. So I sometimes feel that my culture or my, my, my understanding of society and culture isn't as, I guess, intellectual as it could be. So I like listening to him because he's very in that I would consider him like an older hipster type of type of person, and which is fine because he has a lot of knowledge to give to people. But he talks about this concept in some of his um, speeches that he does, where banks can give lower interest rates. We'll use banks for example because I work for a bank. Banks can give lower interest rates. That's really lowering the price of loans, right? People can give things for less fees when you build a relationship with someone. And you can actually provide them a solution to their service that's better than how someone else can else can provide them for that service. They're probably going to pay more, um, and that's really important to understand with your business. That's why it's really understand that really important to understand your customers. You just don't want to go out there and sell shit to people. You want to go out there and understand the people that follow you and believe in you and believe in your brand, and then they'll buy stuff from you over time. The other thing that you want in your business plan is what. What are those customer needs? Because you want to solve those. So through a lot of thinking, I created a loop. It's called the listener, creator, and brand loop. And the concept is, is that our customers are segmented in three, these three specific categories. We have the people that listen to our podcast. So what do they want? They want entertainment. They want to listen to the podcast. They want to know about new podcasts. And they probably want to know about podcast events, things that are that that they can go to and interact with this a community of people that listen to podcasts. But then we have creators. Creators need tools. They need analytics. They need knowledge of how to make money from their podcast and how to share their podcast. They're a mix of hobbyists. They might be professionals. They need to learn how to build their brand. And then we have brands. Brands may be creators trying to build a business or a business looking for a new medium to distribute content. For the latter, they need to understand about branded podcasts. They need to understand how content marketing works and how to either drive people from their medium to their brand or to make money from the medium the, itself. So what I mean by that is that if I have... Um, We'll just use a bank as an example. Um, if I wanted to really make some great content marketing for the bank that I work with, I would go to the bank and I would say, hey, I got this really good for idea for content marketing. Let's make a podcast about education. In fact, um, 
the, our, our wealthy portion of our bank. Most of you probably know where I work by now, but you'll f- be able to figure it out from this. <laughs> from the wealthiest part of our bank, it's called Abbott Downing. And that's for ultra high net worth clients. It's people that have $50 million and above. And at Abbott Downing, they have a podcast. That podcast isn't, I don't think it's really in an RSS feed. You can just get it off of the the website. But if you go to that podcast, it gives you, I don't know, information on building wealth dynamics, how to, I don't know, cheat the system and not pay a state tax and give all of your money to your kids, not give anything back to the the community that made you wealthy. Anywho, um, that would be a form of content marketing. It's not designed to, in and of itself, bring money. It's designed to build better relationships with the people that are interested in your brand. And because of that, over time, they're going to purchase from you because that creates trust and it creates this understanding that you are you are an expert in your field. The other type is though, let's say um, the bank that Abbott Downing, the same bank, the wealth management bank, they released like a, a family planning magazine, you know, once a month. And that family planning mag- magazine talked about how to use family private foundations and how to introduce corporate foundations as part of your structure. And it interviewed people around the country and Wells and Wells Fargo, that's the bank that owns Abbott Downing, and Abbott Downing decided to spend a shitload of money on this magazine. And in that magazine, they decided to sell a subscription for $10 a month, okay? That would be a form of actually using the medium that creates the content, the magazine, and generating revenue from this. I think Johnson & Johnson have a, in fact, I'm going to look it up while you're on the podcast here. I didn't have this part scripted. I think it's just important for you to know because again, with your brand later on, we're going to be talking about marketing. And this might be some stuff that you might be interested in understanding and learning. Um, I think Johnson & Johnson think they have a store. Yeah, it's called johnsonsbaby.com. So I think johnsonsbaby.com is a store that's designed specifically for babies and everything baby e. And you buy stuff off of this website, but I don't think that everything off of on it is just Johnson and Johnson, but it like puts them in this place where you're looking at it like, okay, I just went to bedtime. So johnsonsbaby.com and you go to baby bedtime, your baby sleeping habits will change as he grows. Sometimes it'll help sleep a lot, sometimes not so much. And then it has all of these different like baby sleep guide and video tips for toddler sleep, um, how to get your baby to go to sleep, explore app features. Cause apparently there's an, Oh, there's a bedtime app. Um, Oh, so maybe this just does. Okay. So this does just sell Johnson and Johnson products, but the website, the, Besides the fact that it's beautiful, um, the website is just designed for everything a baby. So if you have a baby and you know about this website, Johnson and Johnson's is the way to go to learn about baby and everything baby by going to johnsonsbaby.com. That's a form of content marketing and they earn money off of it um, because they're selling their products in in regard to all of the information that they're providing. Um, I'm trying to think of a, I can't think of another one off the top of my head. But anyway, so you'll want to make sure that you you listen to the marketing episodes because we talk about that a little a little bit more. Um, but the idea of this loop between listeners, creators, and brands is that what's interesting about podcasting or YouTube channels or <clears throat> especially millennials, because most of them have a side hustle. Most of them are entrepreneurs um, or freelancers. I don't really think a freelancer is an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur really solves 
I think an entrepreneur sometimes solves a problem that's missing and then and then they create residual income from it, essentially. Um, anywho, I haven't created any revenue from it, so I'm not really an entrepreneur in this. I guess I'm just a hobbyist or a professional. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, is that there's a loop between listeners, creators, and brands. So I became a podcast listener at one point in time, right? Well, it because I listened to podcasts and I knew a little bit about it, when someone came to me, John Vasquez, came to me and said, well, how can we make a po- podcast? I knew how to became to do podcasts. Then I became a creator. Okay. And then over the course of a year, now I became a brand. Not only am I the age of Jeremy brand, which needs some brand work, but I'm also the age of the head of age of radio. And as we're building age of radio. So any listener can become a creator and any creator can become a brand. And that's important for age of radio, because if we build these great relationships with people, you know, I've reached out to, um, uh, Girl in the Valley podcast, uh, Patricia Calhoun, Calhoun, I think her name is. Um, we're trying to work on getting her on our network. Um, I kind of fucked up, though. I fucked up on the scheduling of our meeting, and I wasn't able to get off of another meeting in time, and I wasn't able to talk to her. So um, if she's listening, which maybe she is, if she's listening, I apologize, and I hope that we can make this work out. But Girl in the Valley podcast, um, so um, Farnoosh Money, I think it is So Money with Farnoosh, is the name of the podcast. I've reached out to her because um, I enjoy listening to. I reached out to Two Girls, One Podcast. Um, that's a really good one. And then I've reached out to um, Katie Maggio Lifestyle uh, 10. I think that I can, Katie Maggio will come on. Um, and again, this is for us to build a grouping of us to work together to build a ginormous audience, learn from each other, find new ways to interact with each other, work with each other on projects, and make hopefully a lot of money in the long run and help a lot of people. But that's the link between listeners, creators, and brands because some of these people are creators right now, but maybe Two Girls, One Podcast, or I'm sorry, Two Girls, One Ghost Podcast, it turns into this amazing brand and they get a television show and then they go into this business. And because we started working with them as a creator, Hopefully, we can build a strong enough relationship and we can work with them going forward. Oh, Color Me Dead podcast. Those are the other girls, uh, Angel and Nikki, I think, um, that I've that I've that I've reached out to because this is part of a big community, and I want this community to get stronger and grow together. But back to the point of it is that you want to understand who your customers are and you want to make them into categories because then when you make them into categories, you might understand a little bit more of even how their demographics change as you target these different types of customers. Now, this part takes a really long time. Um, It takes a lot of research, especially if you've never done any industry analysis or customer research. I would recommend going to your local university um, and looking at what textbooks they have on marketing and and customer marketing or go online and look at um, sales marketing um, and um, building marketing campaigns. And because within that marketing campaign, they're going to talk a lot about industry analysis and about the customer segmentation. And you're going to want to to, um, understand that. And then also, if you have some money, it's kind of expensive. I don't know exactly how expensive it is off the top of my head, but Hoover's, H-O-O-V-E-R-S.com is a great resource if you have money to purchase reports, because then you can go in and you can look at what that industry is, whether it maybe it's retail, I don't know, retail or service, uh, having um, a super cuts or just because I got my hair cut today. Um, or audio equipment, or the industry of shipping beer, or craft beer, or craft brewing beer. 
So you can look at those different industries and it'll have a bunch of information. If you're in college, you should be able to get the Hoover's information for free. So if you're a college student, make sure that you check that out because you should have access to it for free while you're in college to get that information. Um, then you can also get information online. Online information is usually free. So, um, so make sure that you, you know, go to Google, look up the industry. You can, um, uh, depending on if it's media, there's Nielsen's. That's where I got a lot of my information from. But there's all kinds of businesses out there. But anyways, so utilize the resources that you have. And libraries, libraries are phenomenal. So always make sure that you check out libraries because they'll have a bunch of these resources. And they may even have access to Hoover's for free and uh, a, a, a periodical company called LexisNexis. Um, that's a really good one as well. Uh, next time, we're going to continue to build your business plan. If you're listening to this in the morning, have a good afternoon. If you're listening to this in the afternoon, have a good evening. And if you're listening to this in the evening, have a good night. If you can't get enough Age of Radio, head on over to ageofradio.org where we are building an empire. Age of Jeremy was recorded with the Zoom H6 and Audio-Technica shotgun mic. We use Steinberg's Cubase to mix and master this episode. Our intro and outro songs were brought to you by Mutant League Records. Our intro song was Chief State's Crooked Pictures off their album Nothing More Than This, out now. Our closing song was also Chief State. It's called Spine off of their album Nothing More Than This. Check it out at mutantleaguerecords.com. Check you later. Yeah.